Hey guys, welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, your favorite sex, love, and relationship podcast. And we are your hosts. I'm Cool Kev. I'm Dash. And I'm Big Dre. Um, and today we're going to um, we're going to have a conversation. Um, I'm going to let Kev explain in a little bit, but um, due to the passing of uh, one of our favorite, 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 favorite artists uh, from when we were a kid, we're going to really get into um, our relationships with those who are affected by drug addiction. But um, we're not going to necessarily talk about DMX's situation because we don't know and we want to respect him and everything that's going on. But we're going to go into just talking about dealing with different people in our lives with um, with with certain drug addictions and that sickness that goes on. But we want to take a moment and celebrate DMX's life first. Exactly. So, you know, like I said, DMX meant a lot to everybody. Uh, if you was around, if you can remember that hip-hop scene back in 98, if you remember everything that was going down in 98, you definitely remember DMX. That When he came onto the scene, he was a different artist. Completely different. The whole word. different vibe. You know what I'm saying? Nothing you ever heard before. You like, why is this nigga barking? This nigga growling, got all these dogs. The whole Rough Rider movement was starting, the bikes with the, you know, it was just crazy. It was nothing we've seen before. You know what right. I mean? Absolutely. You know, I think I, go ahead. I, no, I was I was just gonna kind of chime in on exactly what you were saying. We never seen nothing like it. Uh I was a kid. Um, I was in seventh grade. Um, and hearing for me, for me, I know other people will say, oh, no, I heard of him then. I heard him first on 4321 is when I recognized him. So I know we told that story before on here. And, um, yeah, that's when I first heard it. It was, yo, he was the newest, to me, he was the newest kid on the block. And I thought, like, wow, this nigga's really spitting some shit. Didn't hear what he was saying. Didn't really realize. I just liked the song. It wasn't until later on when I realized that, um. Like when, I, when I realized he was talking about robbing and killing people <laughs> on, that, <laughs> on that song, and um, and I and I loved it more because it was like, yo, I didn't even notice he was talking about that, but it was awesome. So that's when I first, you know, I first heard the DMX. Um, I'll, I'll let Kev get to his story as well. Oh my! Oh, the first time I heard X, I think the first time I, I want to say I heard X. I think it was the, the Money Power Respect John. This dude came on at the end of the verse, and you see these this guy with these goggles. Ooh, it might have been, been that. I'm sorry. It might have been that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. On, on the balcony, I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this nigga with the... On the balcony, rapping, nigga, killing this shit. Mm. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Nigga got goggles on his head. I'm like, yo, this nigga crazy. I think I went and bought goggles like that following week. I had to go get my goggles, man. <laughs> yo, bro, you can't say you ain't have no goggles. You lying in front and you ain't say you ain't have no BMX. I, I wanted some, but I ain't getting none. That's when the niggas had the Oakley joints, man. I wanted some, but I don't think you I got none. The corner store bootleg joints? Nah, nah it was mean. different. Yeah, I wanted them though. Yeah. You wanted goggles and a bubble coat. I had the corner yeah. store. I got went I, to the corner I, store. I mean, I've seen people wearing them, and I was like, "Damn, man, these niggas got the motherfucking damn." To the side. These niggas are to the side. Yeah, yeah to the side. You, you know what I'm saying? With straight. the stocking cap on. Yeah. First time I heard DMX, I was in Pleasantville. I was on Main Street, coming down Main Street, and uh, it was I'm pretty sure it was Get At Me, dog. 
And I was like, oh, shit. They was playing that shit on the radio. I was mm. like, yo, what is this? These niggas is barking? <laughs> Straight up. That's so these what niggas it was, man. Barking on the fucking radio? And, 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 and it was, and it was, but it was, it was just the, it was what it signified. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he was, he was talking to, to niggas in the hood and just people who was going through shit that, you know what I'm saying? Certain people was going through at the time and the shit just was attractive. Like, like who is this nigga out here with this fucking raspy, dark voice out here snapping on these fucking bars? And then when he get done with the bars, he barking at you. You want to know who this nigga is that's barking <laughs> yes. on the damn radio and they're allowing this. They're you know allowing. what I'm saying? Yes. And, and when I first, as soon as I seen the first video, uh, which was money, power, and respect. Yeah, you know what I'm everybody, saying. I think everybody. As soon as I see him, I'm like, "Oh, this nigga is insane. He <laughs> nuts. He is crazy, but he's fire. He's and fired. and not only from that point on, bro, I was hooked, bro. I was hooked. He was dropping shit. But yo, four three two one. When they dropped, when L dropped four three two one, and he was on that shit. Yeah. It was it was crazy. It was bananas, bro. But don't stay out after dark. Yeah, because if I catch you yeah. when the sun is down, I said this before on this podcast, so I'm not going to do it again. It's a tribute. This, this, that this ain't my favorite verse, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? It ain't it ain't my favorite verse. Yeah. But but back then he was coming so different. You know what I'm saying? And you was like, oh shit! You felt like I felt like he was talking to everybody on that track. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, nah, nah, all of y'all. That's what I took it as when I was a kid. That he was talking to everybody on that track yeah. until I listened when I was an adult. <laughs> He's talking about his nights robbing people, which if you listen to all of his songs back then on on um on that first <laughs> album, he's yeah. talking about robbing people yeah. the whole like, time. I'm listening to X is coming for you. Like if they played that song now, try to pass up, like his shit would get banned by cancel culture. You don't remember the one verse he had on there. If you had a 16-year-old daughter, that verse. Oh, shit. Older than, no, yeah, if, you're older, yeah, if you got an older, older than 15, I'm a raper. Take her on the living room floor like they're in front of you and ask you seriously what you want to do. Think I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. I'm going to kill you. Dog, yes. Just a little while longer, will you? Like, you Dog. Be, it shit will be canceled. I got blood on my hands and there's no remorse. I got blood on my dick because I fucked the corpse. I'm a what? You nigga, look me in my eyes, tell me in my fucking face that you're ready to die. What? Yeah, yeah, motherfucker, red motherfucker. Don't be, Don't stupid. be stupid. You heard, you heard you what heard I said, motherfucker. Said, motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, bro. This nigga was really talking some crazy. It was grimy, and us as kids, excuse me, me as a kid, hearing a kid. that. I'm whatever frustration I had, I didn't know how to voice. I'm going to rap DMX lyrics because I can I can rap in that frustration. Like it's a different way that you rap when you listen to it. No, I can't let my mom know I'm listening to this shit. But when my when I bought the tape, I had the tape. There's the first tape I bought with my own money, cassette. And I remember my dad seeing me and saying, Yo, you got that new what's what's that what's that nigga name? He be barking. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's you I said, you talking about DMX? He, you got that joint? I said, yeah. He was like, yo, you gotta let me borrow that. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were old or young. 
everybody was attracted uh, to DMX. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? My parents loved DMX. My mom, my mom. I loved DMX. And we all knew that the nigga was insane. We all knew the nigga was <laughs> But what the nigga could do... Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy that you love. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? From all the stories that you hear from him, you know what I mean? Him being a person, if he loved you, he loved you. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like that's how it is for most people. If they fuck with you, they're going to show the utmost love for you. But, Word. you know what I'm saying? That nigga has some crazy ways to him. You know what I mean? And what he could bring to the music was just magic. You know what I'm saying? It just it just was a whole different type of vibe, especially back then. And and the shit was just, he just brought greatness. You know what I mean? Who did? He dropped two platinum albums in the same year, didn't he? Yeah, he dropped my mom. Yep. My my brother, my brother had flesh in my flesh, blood of no, my brother had as dark as hell is hot, my brother K. And for Christmas, my uh for Christmas, my other brother KB asked for um flesh in my flesh, blood of my blood. I tried to steal this nigga CD because I wanted it so bad. Dog, we just sat in there for hours, played the first joint. And then played the second one. Mm. Like I just listened to. I just was like, you know what? I, everybody had the tribute going on, on the radio. I just couldn't do the edited shit. Nobody. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to stream this shit again. I just put on flesh. I mean, I put on as dark as hell is hot. I didn't have to turn it. I just let that shit rock through. I put flesh in my flesh, blood in my blood. Like, damn, I let this shit rock. It's two CDs that I just let rock through right now. From beginning to end. Like I just yo, like, yeah. And it's real. Like this is our era. This is our era. Josh says, I felt this more than Pac and Big for real. Because this is our, I think this is our Pac and Big. I remember when Pac died. Not we, were, we were we were children, bro. Like we were nah, still I, I was we were thirteen. S- we was teenagers, young my teenagers. Mom, I was yeah, I was only thirteen when Pac died. My mom came in the house crying because Tupac died. She that's how I hurt my mom loved Tupac. She was so hurt when Tupac died. Dog, when X died, I felt I'm looking like because I kept seeing everybody. I'm like, yo, this shit can't be real. Like this shit fake. Cause niggas kept saying X was dying and this shit. Yeah, I didn't believe it at first. I ain't nobody want to believe it. And then when I seen on Power 99, I said, yo, nah. X is gone. Like, yo, we lost, we lost our guy. And how we lost our guy, because I don't know what the reports or the reports are true or not, but X been always battling demons. He yeah. spoke on it a lot. Everybody even says it now. Yep. He, he said he said it to he said himself, like in the whole situation, everybody knew he had like because this is our topic today. We want to talk about drug addiction. He had a he had a drug addiction, but it wasn't his own doing. His homie mm-hmm. he was smoking with put the shit, put the shit in the cigarette. Oh head. Oh head. I think they call them, they call them wolves, you know. What I'm bangers. Woo, yeah, they used you smoke like niggas used to smoke that shit back in the because back then nobody knew what what crack was. You know what I'm saying? Niggas at the time, crack was something cheaper that you can get because at the time cocaine was in, and cocaine was just a high rich end drug that you couldn't get your hands on. But people found out crack was made with cocaine. But it was cheaper, so you could think you partying. More potent. More potent, but you think you partying and turning up with this shit, getting high off this shit, not knowing. 
you don't know the ramification of any drug, and you just pop this shit just because you wanted to live in that party life. Yeah. So, but but that's but that's what we getting at today, dog. Like we just want to show X some love and give him his flowers, but we also want to speak on today about the demons of of drug addiction and. You know, because we all, all of us, we all around the same age and we grew up in the 90s and the 90s was like, yeah. That was probably one of the greatest eras in hip hop. Streamed it. You know what I mean? That, that, a sherry, I, I mean, it's probably it. the greatest era of hip hop. And for me, yeah. Yeah, you got to give credits to, we got to give credit where credit is due, especially for DMX, you know what I'm saying? So. We're going to give him his flowers, rest in peace to uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. And, um, you know, let's talk about drug addiction and, and battling it with the people that you love most. Damn, I wanted to keep talking about DMX for a little bit, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we can come back to him. Yeah, no, we, we come back. Um, aside from from DMX. So we want to make this completely separate. We have no idea what actually happened. I mean, we know the reports, but we don't know exactly what happened. So to to me this just or to us this just kind of sparked a real conversation about uh your relationships with relatives or friends or friend of a friend or a relative of a friend or whatever with any addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, anything that could be harmful to them and how you can try your best to help or to become of service, but it's ultimately not up to you. Okay. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get into. Well, like I said, all of us here, we around the same age. We all grew up in the nineties, man. Speak for yourself. Nigga, you grew up in the nineties and at the nineties and the time it was this thing that came out. Everybody, well, in the eighties, it came out. It was crack, but by the time we was kids, it I hit where you lived at heart. I know it hit my neighborhood hard. It affected, it affected a lot of people that I love and I care about. And at the time, the government, police, everybody's trying to make it seem like these people that were on crack were lower than low. Um, they would discourage society. Um, you know, they didn't try to give them help. They thought they should be locked up. They made all types of shit. They, they, these people, the crack babies are being born because people are taking this drug. They're selling their kids. Like, not saying this shit as a sickness, how they see heroin. Opioids. And, yeah, because yeah, opioids, you know what it is? Heroin. It's a fucked up thing to say, but it's, it's, it's facts. When if anything that affects black people, because we've been here and how we got brought here, we not looked at as not looked upon as human. We looked upon as some fucking lower, lower, lower than life species. So when it affects us, oh, these savages is getting high off this shit called crack. Let's lock them. Let's lock them up because they're doing these god awful things and not realizing people is struggling. Nobody, nobody wants when people smoke crack for the first time. Like I said, it was a. They thought it was a alternative for cocaine, which they seen as a party drug for high people. They seen as, I'm going to turn up on this shit, not knowing this shit is going to turn into a sickness that these people need to help. And the, and the government, everybody abandoned them. They told us, remember the don't say no Jones in school? We used to have say no to drugs. 
I remember being in, in, I was in the fucking, when was Reagan the president? I remember being in there and Reagan, they put Reagan on our team. Sad. Around 95? No, nah, that Bush was in. But I remember sure? them putting Reagan administration. I thought Bush did one term. And that was I'm like. Talking about, I'm talking about Reagan. Was it no? My bad. It was the Bush. It was the Bush man because it was Bush that started. I think it started with Bush Reagan, did the war on drugs, right? Yeah. No, Reagan, Reagan, Reagan did the war on drugs. With Reagan, and then it. But I remember them bringing the TV in our classroom, and we had to watch his wife talk about the whole drug thing and crack, and it made it seem bad. But at the time, I was living in the neighborhood that was going through this whole crack e epidemic, and I'm seeing it firsthand. There's a lot of shit. That you seen going on firsthand. And I'm mm. like, man, this person can't be bad. That person can't be they good people. I, from what I know, they're good people. To to yeah. to kind of piggyback off that, I'm I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch it, but there is a uh, documentary that's on Netflix that's called that's called Crack. Yeah, I watched it. So watching that shit really is I haven't watched it opener you know what i'm saying like to shit that we kind of already knew but the visuals that got put to to the stories that we hear from being um kids is just like wow that's crazy because you can see how uh you know the crap crack epidemic started and they called it an epidemic but in reality it's like how did this come into united states you know what i'm saying like yeah, and they kind of showed a conspiracy about how the government uh, brought it in and and pretty much show people how to do this that and there for it to spread the way it spread. But at the <sighs> beginning, there was nothing ever done about it. You know what I mean? For years, they let people hustle crack on the corners and wouldn't even come. The they said the police would ride by while they were hustling and they knew that they no. was hustling crack and they were letting this shit ride. And what happened was is that the at the beginning the crack epidemic. Or what they call the epidemic was 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 flourishing the neighborhood because the hustlers was getting money and they were doing you know this that and the third like starting businesses when they started learning how to put their money from the drug game into businesses that's when they were like oh wait wait hold up we didn't think that they were gonna be smart enough to do no shit like that I mean you gotta look at the the big people that are in business and just in the music industry alone you know what right. I mean like trick trick you know what i'm saying on dev and shit like that like they lived that life and learned how to put the money and invest it into something to change their future you know what i mean and people didn't expect that and that's when shit started you know shit they really started to to really crack down on selling drugs and shit like that and and communities is being torn down and this that and the third and you know what i mean black people getting locked up left and right and there's drug uh laws that are passed you know what I mean? The motherfuckers is getting life for selling drugs. You getting more for having crack than you are for committing a murder. Bro, you know what I mean? And that I shit just didn't make sense. I seen that shit. I, <clears throat> when I watched that documentary, Crack, when I watched that documentary, Crack, on Netflix, dog, it automatically took me back. It took me back to my childhood. Because I seen all that shit. I seen all that shit happening, going down, even though I lived in a little ass town. Like, my lunch, I remember... I remember being in seven. I remember being in high school, and my lunch. The lunch lady was getting high, and she came back here. I couldn't afford. I my free lunch had got taken away. I couldn't afford lunch. I was getting the you know when you run your tab up too high, they give you to start giving you the cheese sandwiches. Yeah. I don't know if none of y'all niggas been through that, but mm -hmm. <laughs> you run your tab up too high. 
Yeah, yeah you run your tab up, you don't if, pay your shit. Yeah, should. or if you if you haven't paid your shit for the week, they would give you like the basic lunch would be like the cheapest shit they can give you. Maybe nigga, a peanut butter, get, jelly sandwich, nigga, or I'll cheese get sandwich. You ain't getting the free yeah. Bro, but listen, so freebies. I caught I, I was getting cheese. I was on the cheese sandwich shit. I couldn't afford nothing. So I, ain't I, caught, I caught the lunch lady one time back here getting high. <laughs> my cousin, my yeah, my cousin was serving <laughs> her, and I went to the car and I seen her and I looked her in her face. I Chicken said, fingers for life, bitch. Bro, I'm sorry. I'm bro, sorry. The next day, the next <laughs> day. But listen, the next day I went in because I know you had the. They could only get that you. They you had to pick the cheese sandwich. I picked up the most expensive shit I can find in the whole line. I got to her. I only went to her line after this. I got to her, and I said, "Yo, you know such and such." She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I know them." Hey, I seen you the other day. I know what car you drive. Oh, oh, was an oh, extortionist. Yo, I can lose, <laughs> like, lose my job. I said, yo, I don't care. This you knew that. Like, Kev was I, said, an extortionist. I said this good. With chicken right? fingers at a young yo, age, bro. I said this good. Yo, let me get the burger extra cheese. Yo, bro, extra fries. No, I take the cheese off the sandwich you was gonna give me and put that shit <laughs> on my burger. Nah, I had that shit on my yo, bro. I had cheese fact, fries. Give I me had, your sandwich. I had everything, bro. I loaded my shit down. Everything I could get out of that line, but I knew she was getting high. So I, I say, yo, this this is free, right? Yeah, you good? Bet I'll be back tomorrow. Kev, <laughs> Bet you don't, I'll be you don't, back hey, Kev, tomorrow. You don't come out as good as you think you do in that story, yeah, right? you piece of garbage. Ah, I'm just bro. bro, but I knew she was getting high. And, and, <laughs> and you extorted her for I her job. To. I had no money. Check all but chicken fingers. Bro, I had no money to get. I had no money. Like I had no money to get. Anything. Kev, do you remember what you ate? Nigga, I had like cheese fries. I'm talking about that one day when you when you found out the very first time you went to her line, that very first meal that you got from her. Do you Bro, remember I what remember it was? Dog, I tell you exactly. I'm telling you what I got. I got a cheeseburger. Uh huh. You remember they used to have fries. You get the yeah. fries. I told the lunch lady that was making my plate, yo, put cheese on the fries. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I got the juice. You had the juice. You only can get the milk, oh the white God. milk. I got in the, the bag and the juice. I put all that shit on my plate. Hey, Kev, you had the bag of milk? Nah, the we bag. didn't have bag milk. That's, that's Philly shit. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, they gave us the bag. We had the car- little cartons. I- little but I think he has some of them too. I think what Kev is trying to say though is that when you are addicted you to drugs, you could be put in compromising positions. And you couldn't. She couldn't uh, break. She no fault her own. I was a kid. Don't. But I got but out I of just that took conversation. A, yeah, I took advantage of this. I <laughs> yeah, took advantage of the situation. Go. Yeah, I did. But I got out of the conversation. Is don't let Kev catch you slipping. <laughs> I took advantage of the situation because I knew she was getting high. I knew you was coming. At the time where I grew when I grew up, white people wasn't in my neighborhood. Wasn't mm-hmm. coming to my neighborhood. It was no cops, it was no cops back here. Like, like we can be out as I remember when they, the drug they were selling drugs so bad, like I seen the cops. The cops used to park up and sit their cop car on the court. <coughs> they used to put their police car on the court. Mm-hmm. So you so nobody would go up there and hustle. Mm. But this how out of pocket this how out of pocket it was getting and where I was living at. I remember we had la- I had a laser pointer. 
So the cop was sitting on the court. I wanted to play basketball on the court. So I took my laser pointer. You know, if anybody knew thing about laser pointer, you point it at the ground and you could, if you guide the laser up like this, you can follow the little dot that you can see the dot far as shit. Mm. I put the dot inside the police car and like got as close as I can get to the cop chest and wigged it around. The nigga threw his sirens on. They bounced. They never came back the rest of the night. I had the basketball court to myself. But that's how bad that's how bad the, the drugs was getting in my neighborhood. That you can just they let they let you do whatever you want. And you seen people that you knew who was family, friends. Snake can't pretend to be a sniper on a damn for real. Yeah, you were a hardened criminal. Yeah, I was a kid. You I was a kid in a neighborhood like horrible tendencies. When you grew up in a neighborhood. <laughs> When you grew up in a neighborhood that was back then was overrun by drugs, like people, that's why I say it's a sickness because people just abandoned their kids. They abandoned their kids. Their kids ran wild. You could do whatever you want. You know what I mean? It was up. Some people, their dads were getting high. You was in a single parent home. You can just roam, whatever, because your mother was working all the time. You did whatever you want. And the government never took time in the crack era to say, yo, how can we fix this problem? They just let us Damn, they just let that. us be. They let us do whatever we want. And and they, they say thing, they say, uh, yeah. they say thing, yeah, they say thing about these crack babies. It wasn't so much the crack babies with the kids, the kids that was being that was being groomed that was ready to come out of that era. Like you you had a different lookout on life. A lot of these kids now, you know, you did, you had a couple, the choices you had was if you grew up and your parents was getting high is that either you was mad at it, so you did better than them, so you can escape the situation. You probably abandoned your parents. You, or you, or you turned to it because you thought it was a party, you thought it was what they were doing were fun as a party, and you turned to drugs, and you think that's how you're supposed to live your life. Listen, every every day, I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit more layered than that, but I I feel I follow where you're going. It can be. I think there's. I mean, there's different steps that people take, and, and people get affected differently. Some people do it for different reasons. I feel like that can be one of one of many. I've I've seen niggas do it just because it was their lineage, because it was something they see, cool. They, to do. It, they see it being done in a family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's like, what I said. They see, they uh, see. Some people, some people just are, you know, depressed. They look up for bills. Out. You know what I'm saying? Um, mentality is a little fucked up. You know what I mean? Some people take it for the first time, and it, you know they just feel like they get away. Everybody has their own reason of doing something it may not necessarily just be just that it could be the combination of all yeah, i'm talking about that right. I'm, I'm talking about the kids that came from it like i'm speaking i'm gonna speak on i'm gonna try to break i'm gonna break this shit down to errors like the crack error dog it, it ruined it ruined our community like every every single neighborhood that had like a huge like like where i live had a huge crack problem or huge crack like like crack selling was going Deep in that neighborhood, right, addiction them, was running rampant. Right, yeah. All them areas now is gentrified, as you call it. They call it gentrified, mixing black and white. They tore the neighborhood down to the point where it wasn't worth nothing. And as you got older, you didn't want to be reminded of that shit if you lived there. You didn't want to. Like, man, I remember such and such was high as shit laying in the bushes over here. 
like the first the first time I experienced murder as a kid, the first time I ever this is the first time I ever seen my mother cry. This is the very first time I seen my mother cry. I had to be about only me and KB was around. So I'm, this is 89. So I had to be about like six years old. The first time I ever seen my mother cry, her best friend got stabbed at death. And later find out he got stabbed at death because him and his him and another dude was getting high and he had smoked the last crack rock. So he stabbed him to death with a screwdriver. That was the first, that's the first time I experienced death. I see my mother crying in the car. I'm sitting in the back seat. My mom is in full blown tears riding away because her best friend had just got killed over this drug. He got stabbed. It made my made one of my cousins go crazy because he's seen it, but he was so scared to do anything about it. That's the first time I ever experienced death or knew what death was about. Like my mom saying they killed him. And I'm like, what the hell is he killed with it? You know, somebody dies, he killed. My, my, this make my mom sad. I never had love for drugs because of that. That's why I really never people, oh, why you don't, you know what I mean, do drugs, but we get into that. We ain't gonna get into that. But niggas like, why you don't do that shit? I'm like, yo, you understand that shit made my mother cry. Like I seen my mother cry because her best friend got stabbed to death because over crack. That's a weird question to ask somebody. Yo, why you don't do crack, yo? Nah, why you don't do hey. drugs? Because, like I said, it made my mother cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, 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 that's not funny to hear, but it's funny yeah. to hear in the same thing. Like, yo, yo, kid, how come you don't do crack? Nah, how could I do drugs? <laughs> I don't do crack. I ain't gonna never do crack, but I thought this shit was bad. I thought it was terrible. Oh, my God. That's the first time I ever seen my... I never seen my mother cry. a heartfelt story. <laughs> I, I never seen my mother cry or get sad or anything up until that point, but I was only six years old and my mother cried in that car because her best friend got stabbed to death because somebody, somebody smoked the last crack rock. It was over crack. He got stabbed to death. And, and that addiction to that, that addiction to that thing drove that man crazy to the point where he was willing to murder somebody for that. And that's 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 what we mean by like, and, and that affected your mother. That's the relationship, the connection that you had, as far as like your experience with, with with drug and addiction. You know what I'm saying? But either one of y'all, if y'all have ever had anybody close to y'all, or any you know any anything you could share about like somebody really struggling with addiction for years and years. I had, I got people. I got. I don't want to name. I, you know, we don't name anybody. We don't yeah. name anybody, but I got family. And it hurt me to hurt me because the person was a good person and probably did the drugs to be a something fun. And it took a lot from that person's life because they chased that they that chased high, that it, feeling. That that feeling. And at the time, nobody, it was still something new. So nobody, there was no. This is the thing that kills me about crack. There was no how they got it now for people who do heroin. They don't got no facilities or treatments or saying, hey, go here if you got a crack addiction. You know, go to this rehab center, get you get you off drugs. We're not gonna lock you up. We're gonna send you to a rehab center to help you. Like they no, like this person didn't they didn't want to do drugs, they didn't want to smoke crack. Nobody says. They wake up and say, I want to do crack. If you hear anybody ever talk about crack, they tell you the same thing. Like, I wish I never done it. Like, I don't want to do it. But if I don't do it, my body will hurt. 
I be in so much pain. I have to. That's a part it. of it. That's a part of it. That's a part of. Hey, peep. There's nothing not to cut you off. That's a part. Of, that's a part of anything too. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy at all. Um, I've seen you know relatives or or, or you know friends or, and stuff like that. Like yo, even when we even when we, and it's not because of just the drug. It's because if you if your body is basically running off that shit, if you take it away, it's it's. And I've seen this with caffeine. You take it away, your body has to com- severely shift, which could cause, you know, like severe sickness and, and, and things like that. And that's a real thing. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to get through, but I've seen people get through it. The problem is when they get when they get through it, get it out of their system, it's going to straight and narrow. And that and that one thing turns them back to it because that's why. It's a sickness. Now, people who've never, people who can't be, people who aren't um, empathetic, or I was saying empathetic towards that situation will say, oh, man, man, they could they could put that shit down anytime they want, man. They just selfish. They just, nah, man, they really get into that shit and get deep into it to the point where it's like, it's a mental thing. It's mentally, it's physically, it's everything to them. But, but how they play... How they played crack off to us, they made you not have empathy for the people because they try to they try to demonize them so much. As a kid, you can as a kid, you can see you felt bad for these people that were getting high if they if somebody you love because you like, man, like that's not you. That's not you. Like when you not when you not high, you smiles, you happy, but you can see when you you know, when it's time for you to get high, you get jittery, you upset, you figure you'll do anything. Mm-hmm. You'll do anything to get to it. And it's leave like, your kids man, in the house. Leave your kids in the house. Listen, man, my I heard a story one time. A person told me a story that I'm close to. And this is facts. A lady sold her kids. Sold her kids to the drug dealers down the street so she can get high. Sold her kids. Sold her fuck, son. What that nigga do with the kids? Bro, what you think they do to a kid? They make the boy, little boy hustle. They got a little girl. Hey, what you think they gonna do to the little girl? That's facts. That's terrible. Sold the kids. The person fam the person family had to go get the kids back, and she, person wound up doing it again. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 the level. <clears throat> Nobody can say, "Hey, that's not a sickness." You don't. Who would sell? Who would who, do that? To kids, right? In their right mind. In their right mind, you don't think this person needs help? Right. They definitely need help. Yes. Now, now, what they do with the help is is that's when it's their fight. What they do with the help. Some people get help. Some people get help over and over and over again. It is a constant. Constant struggle, yo. Struggle, a battle. It and it's it's something that if you ever had anybody close to you, and I can't say that I've had somebody like super close, but like I've seen people have people close to them that got help over and over again and kept falling back into it to the point where you gotta just I ain't gonna say disown them, but you have to step all the way back and say, No, you cannot come to my house. No, I am not going to come there to do anything for you. No, you're not like because 
You need to get it together on your own. And me being there is not going to help you anymore. I have to let this go and let you try to find your, either get better or kill yourself. Bro, legit. That's hard. Like I said, legit the crack era. Like I seen this shit so up close and personal. Like it was just, it was just real. Like it was there. Like it was like a hand in front of your face was there for me. That was, I mean, I had some fun times. I had a lot of fun times, but it was a lot of times the shit got, like, shit got dark. You know what I'm saying? Shit got mm-hmm. dark. Shit got scary. It's just because I'm a kid. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I seen, and I seen other people, like I said, family members who was in the mix of this shit, man. In the mix, in the mix every day. They, they situation was a, a, a thousand times worse than mine. They was in directly in the, they was in the eye of the storm. I mean, it was in it. Right, and it forced a lot of decisions for people to make, man. A lot of like I people we was talking about when we was talking to the we did the Black Lives versus All Lives Matter, and I said, yeah, listen, man, I see my cousins, my cousins hustling drugs. Oh, why he couldn't mow the lawn? How you go to mow the lawn if 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 his parents is getting high? Like he got to do what he got to do for his brothers and sisters. How you how how do you mow a lawn if you don't own a lawnmower? You don't own a lawnmower. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like, how I, do you? Not only that, but it has to be a relationship built. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you can't just go to people's houses and be like, you know, I'm cutting your lawn. You better pay me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, person right. I don't know you, I'm not letting you on my damn property if I don't know you. Trying to sell some shit. You know, I can mow my own lawn for free. Right. You know what I mean? It's, and who's to say somebody was in his life to teach him that? And who was to say the nigga even lived in places where people had a lawn? <laughs> Correct. You know what Absolutely. He lived on a city block. Yeah. What lawn is going to cut? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, shit that's just isn't that's... readily available. People don't understand that. Is that your life isn't another person's life. Just because you were able and you had these abilities to go out and get a job. Or you had people who were able to put you in different positions where you could thrive a little bit better than another person. You may have had that. <clears throat> because of what another person has done that that person may not have that they may right. not have people to put them in another position they may only see people doing drugs they may only see that hustle on the corner that might be the only opportunity because he's willing to give them a job you know what i'm saying he's willing to put money in their pocket maybe they don't want to work for 11 dollars an hour while you while they Breaking their back, getting no respect. While they bring it home two, three hundred dollars a week after taxes, they look down the street and they see this dude driving a brand new car, and he outside every day, chilling with his homies. That shit is different, you know what I'm saying? Especially back then, you you seeing that shit, and and you grew up to to idolize somebody who was actually making moves, and you actually see them doing shit for their neighborhoods. Because back then, drug dealers was actually doing shit for their neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? It was was evil and good at the same time. You know what I mean? And it's it's because of... It's all about your environment and what's given to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I remember a nigga was... He was a hustler in the hood. The nigga took every... He took every kid he can find. Every kid he can find in the neighborhood, he took all of us. Loaded us all up in the in the van, him and his girl and a few other dudes that was hustling. Loaded us up and took us, to, took us to the lake that day. Took us all, made sure we had food to eat, took us to the lake to go swimming all day long. All every kid, every kid he could find in the neighborhood, we was all squashed up in this van, like, oh, we going I'm taking y'all to the lake. Pay for us to get into the lake, pay for us to eat that day, make sure we have food, drinks. 
We all go to Asion. Wild out the whole day. Can't brought us all back to the hood. You went to Asion? Yeah, what's the lake, bro? Took us to, so, he took us to Asion Lake. But a Carlo, you do you you pay by the vehicle. That's but no, like, but he had, he up had, there. Come on, we out. Say, he had like he had like 30 kids with him. He had to go get food for all of us. That's true. <laughs> he had to feed all of us. He made sure he fed but all little of us. shit like that make you what? You idolize him. You be like, yo, he took us out. He do this for us. He do that for us. And then when they try to speak bad about his name, you're not looking at all that other shit. You're looking at all the good that they doing with all the shit that they, with the shit going on. Especially as, as a kid, you're not really seeing, you're not really seeing the aftermath as a child. You know what um, I mean? I, all you seeing is the good shit that come out of it. Yeah, and I, I know we talk about addiction, um, but even to touch on something that Kev said earlier about seeing drug dealers as evil, I'm going to tell you this, especially in my neighborhood, I have not once ever seen them as evil because... That's what I'm saying. That's how they were depicted. Of, right, right. But a lot of them was our old heads, niggas that we grew up with and then became, became like the drug dealer thing wasn't really a thing. You know, they just hustled. So it's like... It was one of those things where you just like, nah, it's my man. Like, nigga, we grew up together. Or that's his uncle. Like, you know, he'd been around here for, for years. He paid for the tournaments up at the uh up at the playground or or whatever. Or they had, you know, they they turned the water plug on when the summertime and shit like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? They stopped, yeah, they stopped the ice cream, man. Everybody ice cream, you know what yeah, I'm saying? It was different. So it's like that's I think that's how you could fall into it. And as far as addiction goes, the people who was, you know, addicted around the way was people who, you know, somebody aunt, you know, somebody's, I ain't gonna say grandma, somebody's mom, somebody aunt, somebody uncle. So you, you know, they name when they walk up and get they, and get they, you know, whatever they getting, like, you know them. And it was just, it's, it's, it's different. And it's like, it becomes acceptable. And you know them as the person, like, all right, yeah, she a crackhead or he a crackhead, but whatever. And that's the, and that's the foul <laughs> so that's term. the barbecues. That's the foul term we used to get. That's that's yeah, he a crackhead. That's the term you used to give him, which wasn't even a cool. Now I look at that shit, it's not a cool term. It's not. And like he used to fuck me up, like when you see niggas comedians and they're making fun of this shit. You be like, man, you know, y'all making fun of this shit. But this is real life for a lot of motherfuckers, man. Like yeah. you depicting shit that's sometimes not fucking. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. I don't find the shit funny. Like I didn't find it funny. The shit drugs did to people I knew that I cared for. How I took them out of my life and shit like that. I didn't find that shit funny. I felt that sh- that shit like killed me. Like watching this person, watching them on drugs deteriorate before your eyes. Like you would see him. You would see a you can't see a dude that was this big muscle bound dude, two hundred eighty pound dude. He started getting high with it down to hundred something pound clothes baggy on him, running around with sneakers with no socks, holy clothes, looking dirty and I'm like man, that's not you. So so to kind of pick me back off of off of what Dre and you have said combined, like how are the relationships? really affected you know what i'm saying like between you and the person that you've yeah. seen selling drugs or hustling and the person that you've seen take having them. to deal with them and, yeah. and having to take them and, and you deal with these because we've all we've all dealt with both of those 
on a regular basis. You know what I mean? There's somebody that you love that's dealing with drugs and you like, man, you got, you got to, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? You watching them throw everything down the drain. And then you got another person who, you know what I'm saying, is out hustling and you see them thriving. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are those, how are those two different, how are those two relationships you know what I mean? First of all, how do they differ got, and how got, do they how, affect you? Like, how was your, like, my relationship, you had, you had cousins your age start hustling? Yes. Like, my, a lot, my, of my, a lot of my experience was, we was cool as fuck as kids. Cool as fuck. But situations make them have to hustle. So our relationships start, like, strained. Like, I'm still being a kid. Like, I still, like, my mom is, like, trying to take us away. So I'm still being a kid while this person is forced to become an adult. And you know, it's like they're in the different shit. They, they how they move is differently. They ain't as happy as much. They always got the grill on their face. Like, always outside. Always out. Always outside. Yeah, we going to the court. We playing ball. He ain't playing ball as much as he was when we was, you know, just a year ago. He ain't at the court with me when we just balling all day. Now he come up there, maybe watch and then leave. Nigga could have went to the league. Like, that's how it becomes. Like, that's the relationship you have. And then seeing a person that you know become addicted to drugs, that's a more gradual thing. If you if you watched it from the start, it's a more gradual thing. Um, even if you're not close, if it's a friend from school, which we all seen, like, it's one of those things where you check in with them. All right, they're doing this. But you check in with them a little, you know, when you see them a couple years later, you know, a little weird, but whatever. Check in with them again. Yo, man, he out there. You don't see him or you don't see her a lot. Yo, they, they out Camden. They out near. They out there. You know what I'm saying? They out AC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then then you you start to hear about them rather than see them more often. Yeah. You know? And then you hear certain things. And then you see them one time and you're scared for them. And you try to have that conversation with them uh, at the time. But your conversation don't hold no weight. You don't see them every day. You try, and they tell you all they can tell you, and and then the next time you hear about them is when they pass away, sadly. And that shit is hard, man. It's hard because you wish that you would have said one thing that could have changed their mind. But the reality is, there is nothing that you could have said that would have changed that outcome. I just, I just seen the nigga that we grew up with. I seen, I was in Philly. I was work. This is recently, so this, this you know, that we now we own the opioid and pills. Let's, I know the nigga get high. I see the nigga, I'm riding down the street, and like, you know how you be in the city, you know a fiend about to run up, and you're like, man, I ain't got time for this shit today. You just want to get through the light and go, because it's all you see. So the nigga runs up on my car, I give him, like, man, go, like, waving him by, like, bro, I ain't got shit. Go the fuck here, I ain't got shit. Look, it's a nigga I know. Give me, he comes, he open, I open, what the fuck you doing out here? Hit you with, they all, all of them hit you with the story. Oh man, my girl got me out here, da da da. I'm fucked up. I'm like, bro, for real? Like, you ain't fucked up. I had my last $10. A nigga looked like he was hungry. I said, man, go get something to eat. Slapped him to 10. Like, yo, go do something. Like, don't go fucking, just this, after I gave him that 10, like, nigga, like, hit, hit the vanish button. Like, damn, dog. Like, you ain't even trying to get nothing to eat with this shit. Like, for real, you out here He's running. Yeah, He's you sick. running. You running to get something, get high before you run to go get something to eat. Like, 
I know you fucked up. Like, why are you out here? Ain't nobody out this time of night. Why are you here? Same I don't think no one can answer that. Motherfucking, I come, I come home. It's like eight or nine o'clock at night. I get out of my car and I hear this nigga call my name. I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, what's up? Da, da. We talking for like five minutes. And he like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get to the crib, whatever, man. I'm all fucked up, this, that, and the third, man. Like, how can I hold a couple dollars? Give him $10. Like, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you get home. We're talking about he, he coming to the coat. I'm like, oh, all right, man. Go ahead, get to the crib, da, da, da. So I ain't think nothing of it. You know what I mean? A couple of days go by. Because he started. He starts name dropping. Like, yeah, I'm trying to go such and such. And they waiting for me this and the third. So I'm like, oh, all right. You know what I'm saying? I ain't think nothing of it. I give him a couple of dollars. Let him go about his business. <clears throat> a fucking couple of days go by. I see my nigga. I'm talking to him. I'm like, yeah, such and such. They was around my way. I mean, they was trying to get the west side. They were talking about they was trying to get there, and they got fucked up on the way. And this that third handle bread. You probably talking about saying that. And uh, and <laughs> and they looked at me and they like, tell me you ain't getting this nigga no money, bro. And I'm like, yeah, I gave him ten dollars. Nothing crazy. And he like, man, don't give that man no money. He been walking around telling people, using my name, get money from people left and right. Talking about he coming to west side. I ain't seen that nigga in months. I'm like, that's crazy, yo. He like, yeah, man, that nigga fucked up on that shit. I'm like, man, that's crazy, Ice skin nigga? Yeah. Tall nigga? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about the same nigga. I think from Camden to, to Clementon. <laughs> <laughs> he must have got from Philly yeah, to Camden, was, but yo. But that's the thing. Just pop up out of, out of nowhere like Batman. But the nigga be that's the thing. Niggas can't shake that shit. Like niggas now, like I see these young boys now, like how these this music is geared now. The music. All these niggas talking about popping perks. Sipping lean and all this shit. I'm like, yo, I tell niggas all the time that be popping perks. I say, yo, man, perks lead the dope. When you can't afford, when you can't afford them third purdies, you can't afford three of them shits like you need a night or you gotta get them third purdies. Yeah, them shits is you can't afford them shits no more. You can't afford $30 a pill no more. You go go turn to a 10 pack, you turn to a $10 bag of dope. Once you do that, it's a wrap. Listen, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell anybody on here that's that's watching. I don't care if it's months from now, years from now. If you are on pills and you think that you cool just being on pills, it'll come a time. Kevin is exactly right. I've seen it happen with niggas you would not expect it to happen to. You, it will come a time where you can't afford to buy those pills. Somebody gonna tell you that heroin is the same shit. And you're going to start shooting that fucking shit up and your life will be out of control. I done seen it happen. I done begged the nigga. Begged the nigga. Yo, man, you need to stop this shit. Stop it. It's nowhere good. You lose your job. You do, you know what I mean? Shit start happening to you. You lose your family. You went from somebody who had it together to somebody who ain't got no control over their life at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a sad thing, but you see it all the time. Niggas is being niggas pop perks like like it's a cool thing to do. Niggas eat a perk and they be in the corner fucking nodding. Like you ain't even at the party no more. Niggas be thinking they at the party, take a couple perks, think they be on and grooving. Nah, nigga, you in the corner in a chair, stuck, nodding, dope not like you dope nodding. You ain't doing nothing. 
you yeah, you on, but not the way you think you grooving. You gone. Hmm. Mm. And it's a sad thing because they body bad, needs too. it. It they looks bo- bad. Yeah, it looks bad. Yeah, they body need it. It looks bad. Once you get to a point where you can't people, most drugs like hardcore drugs is done like what when Molly and all that shit came out and E, all them drugs came out, niggas is like, it's something fun to do. Niggas probably pop perks it was the fun thing to do. Now niggas can't do can't do without it. They, oh man. Niggas be like, I'm sick. I'm like, dog, what you sick from? What happened? Oh man, I'm fucked up right now. Like, all right, bro, you good? You need something? Oh man, I just got now I gotta get rid of my sickness. I'm like, oh shit. When niggas oh, say I'm ready, man. I get rid of my sickness, you know what it is. Like, oh, all right, that's what you want right now. Bro, you need to leave that shit. Bro, you need to leave that shit alone. That ain't gonna work. You can tell them that shit all you want. It's and I think what we're all getting at with, with this conversation is the best thing you can do, from my opinion, is is maybe love that person and give them the space to get better on their own. And the fucked up thing is you have to be okay with if it comes out either way, because that's their choice. That's their now now one now now, now let me explain what I mean by that's their choice. Once they know that they have a problem, it be- it becomes their choice, and it becomes a group of decisions that could lead them to one part or the other. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes they don't make it out. They don't make it out, and and bro, they don't know when it's until it's too late. Like I, I'm, I don't know. Like I said, what happened with DMX? But I knew once they announced that, yo, there's no brain function. I knew, like, I wasn't like, yo, he gonna get out of it. Once I heard that, that's it. I knew that that's, there's nothing after that. You don't come out of no brain function and be like, yo, I'm cool again. You either severely damaged for the rest of your life, you're a vegetable, or you're gonna die. They're gonna put a plug on you. Because after that, there's nothing. I've seen it. It is not pretty. It is not something that you want to go through. It's not something that you want to put your family through. But you don't know until it's too late. Till you get that last hit, and you get that last hit, and it's your last hit. But some people, some people, sometimes, man, and I know this to happen. People would just people will OD on purpose because they don't think they have no other way. People sometimes get high to try to kill themselves because they, you know they done lost everything. They done lost their job. They done lost. They don't got no money. They done lost their family. Family. They don't got nowhere to go. It's just them. And they, and they demons is on them, and they saying this fucking thing I can't shake every day is the reason why I'm going through this shit, and it is legit. It is. So they will hope they sometimes they be hoping that they get the wrong, they get that hot shot of that dope where they put in their veins and that kill them. They OD because they like I'm out of my misery. I the demon won. I can't fight it no more. And you got some people like you know what. Yo, I can't live like this no more. Like, I gotta seek help. Hopefully, I come out, and I'm never, ever, ever in my life coming back to this shit again. And like you said, those are the two choices you make, dog. Like, you you try to kill yourself, or you try to get the monkey off your back. And that's a that's a terrible, you know, it's a terrible thing to watch. It is. It's don't imagine what a person has to go through. Yeah, yo. The demons they battle, the demons these people battle is 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 severe, and you hoping that somebody's 
sometimes they just want the relationship with somebody just tell them like, yo, man, just stop. Or or show them love. Like, yo, we still care about you. We still want you here. Because some people, once they stop airing that, they're like, man, fuck it. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants me to be here. Nobody loves me anymore. Nobody can. I lost everything. I'm gonna, fuck, I'm going to end it. And they end it. The best way they can. You, you good, Dre? Uh, this, uh, this, you might mute it up, but uh, yeah, man. So I mean, it's just a, it's a terrible thing, man. With it's a terrible thing with the drugs, bro. Like it just, it, this shit, this shit's real, man. And it's just a sad fucking, it's a sad fucking thing, man. And like, and anybody, you got family members out there, or friends that you love, you care about. If you know they're going through something, they battling something like that, man, try your best to do whatever you can for them and shit. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever you can for them. You know, take care of them and try to hopefully you can get them out of their situation, man. You know, because they need it. They need that love. They need that. They need that, that feeling like, you know, people still care about them. Don't let them deal with that demon on their own, man. Try to help pray for them, whatever you can, you know what I'm saying? I think that you can only do but so much, personally. I mean, at the at the, at the end of the day, of course, you want to try to help a person as much as you possibly can. That's a fact. But you can't, I don't feel as though you should exhaust yourself trying to accommodate for another person who's not willing to do it for themselves you know what i mean like you can't you can't force a person to change they have to want that and take the steps just as much as you want them to even more you know what i mean because it's really that it's really their life that's on the line of course you're going to be affected but you're going to be affected as a person from the outside looking in you know what i mean and and either way it hurts but you're going to be hurt more when you lose more of yourself and a person is not willing to do more for their own self. You know what I mean? Like I've watched it and I've tried to help. You know what I mean? I've been in a position where I've tried to help and try to, you know, make them see their ways. But you know what I mean? At the end of the day, they had to really want to do it for themselves. And, and thank God, you know what I'm saying? They, they actually took that time and, and did it for themselves. And now they, 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 better than ever back on their feet and doing what they supposed to do as a person but you can't want that more than they want that you know what i mean like and if you do you can't push yourself like i'm gonna make them i'm gonna make them better you know what i'm saying like that person has to have it in their mindset that i know i'm gonna go through these trials and tribulations to get myself better but i have to get myself better you know what i'm saying for myself and for everybody around me you know what I mean? And if you're not willing to do that, you can't put other people in a position where they losing out because you don't want to be better. You know what I mean? Like, people lose out on money, you know what I'm saying, on trust, on love. You know what I mean? A lot of shit goes out the window. And when shit gets bad, after a while, a person look at you like, yo, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with this person at all. When a person completely cuts you off, it ain't going to matter if you if you're doing good or not. At the end of the day, they're going to remember all that other shit. You know what I mean? And you got to really, like, know how to separate yourself sometimes. Like, yo, I got to love you, and I got to love you from a distance before this turns out bad. Because once it turns out bad, 
we're not going to be able to get back to where we used to be. I mean, I'm going to remember all the shit that I had to deal with consistently. And you could be on your greatest terms, but I'm not going to feel like it's ever going to change because as much as I tried for you, you wasn't, you know what I mean, willing to make that happen. Now I'm losing out on this. I'm losing out on that. Time with some with other people, my kids, whatever the case may be, I'm losing out trying to help you. And you're not worried about none of that extra shit. Right. Like it just can put a person in a position where they only thinking about themselves and in a more negative way than you want them to. But you got to be able to know the difference and be able to let go at sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, man. It, should, it, it can be rough. It can be rough trying to be there for someone with an addiction. Um, but yeah, and, and it can affect you just as much as it's crazy because sometimes you get to the point where, and I'm not saying that I've felt this way, but I've seen it where you like, yo, if they do, you know, if they do bring their demise on themselves, it's like, man, at least you ain't in pain no more. Because a lot of times that, that addiction comes from somewhere and we're not psychiatrists, even though we're dressed like, you know, we're dressed like psychiatrists in the corner down there. But, um, it comes from somewhere somewhere and a lot of times you'll never know where that comes from you'll never know so it's a pain that they're keeping with them that they take with them pretty much everywhere and they're trying to bury that shit hey i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink all day because the the better well, i'm i feel better when i'm drunk i don't have to do anything i don't have to do anything out of the ordinary. I, I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Or hey, I get high because when I get high, I'm going, I'm on a whole nother level. Nothing bad is happening when I'm high. Nothing bad. And it's like you don't know what they feel. And 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 my point was my point being is when they get to that point where they when they're done and when they you know meet their demise, you say at least they don't have to walk around with that pain anymore. Yeah. They don't gotta, you know, they gone. I, it's a fucked up thing to say. It's a fucked up way to think about the shit, but that's it's reality. reality. It's reality. I mean, for, like I said, for all the people who, who made it out of the situation, who, who seen the light before, you know, they end, you know, before they end, I, you know, I congratulate y'all, man, because some people was like, you know, 10 years. 10 years sober, 20 years sober, whatever. They don't fuck with this shit no more, man. I congratulate the people because I'm pretty sure that shit haunts them every single day. Every day. Look at your comments. <laughs> every day. Yeah, I deal with it every day. And um, to the people who, who are still in it, like, I'm hoping that you got somebody there that can help y'all out of y'all situation, man. Seek help if you can. If somebody's trying to give you a helping hand and you out there, you know, we take it. And the motherfuckers that's just about to get in. Y'all, y'all young kids now, they popping these perks. I know y'all want to listen. Y'all call us old motherfuckers. Y'all know what we're talking about. But like, listen, I'm telling y'all right now, don't be the next person that you laughing at. Or you ride past that homeless nigga that's getting high all night. That's going to be you. You know how many, like, I work in Camden. I work in Philly. You know how many people, I, I like, I, I, I ride down, um, what the fuck, Kensington. Oh my gosh. Now nah, that's a graveyard, homeboy. They don't even know Bro, it. that's a graveyard. 
I wrote down that you know how many young motherfuckers I seen just nodding. I mean, nodding. I'm like, yo, this nigga is is fucking uh, look like he only like twelve or thirteen. Yo, my my that's a, that's crazy. Real talk. My my uh my niece. She was talking to some boy. He was getting high on dope since he was thirteen. Mm. At seventeen, he was in the streets. I mean, looking sick. I'm like, I don't oh. know about anybody else, but me growing up and watching what it did to other people immediately made me be like, nope, I don't want to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to look like that. I can only imagine what they feel like. That doesn't look like you're feeling good. You can't. There's no way that you can tell me that you're nodding off and passing out and you fucking doing the damn limbo as you walk down the street. That you, I mean, I don't visualize that as me feeling good. You know what I'm saying? That's me losing control of myself. And... I ain't never want to feel like that or look like that. You know what I'm saying? I used to look them motherfuckers crazy. Them niggas, them niggas that they young bull, and I mean young bull on the shit. Like I'm like, yo, how's this little niggas getting high off of dope? Like she was like, I don't know, um. So you need to cut that nigga off because I don't want you to be fucking around with him. He be like, yo, this is something cool to do. Like nah, just leave that nigga alone. Like. Where's mom and dad? Oh, they don't deal with them no more. I'm like, Shh. I mean, there's different aspects of, of, like I said, it's different aspects of why people do it. I I never wanted to look or feel that way, you know what I'm saying? But talking to certain people, like I could understand why people do some of the things they do. I wouldn't say it's right, you know what I mean? I can just I can just understand, and it's fucked up, and it'd be like, yeah, man. Some sometimes you gotta find a different way. You know what I mean? People got different coping mechanisms. And I'm pretty sure if it was never introduced to a person, they wouldn't know of it to use as a coping mechanism. But it was brought into a person's life some way, more than likely by force. You know what I'm saying? Somebody showed it to them or peer pressured them or whatever the case may be. I can't imagine somebody just waking up one morning and, and, and they're like, you know what? I want to do the I haven't ever tried this, but I just want to do some crack. Seeing what's going on. Nah, niggas, yo, man, you'd be surprised. Like, uh, X, when we talk about X, X was, I got introduced to crack. He was tricked in that shit. You know, people people do foul, fucked up shit. Like, niggas mm-hmm. didn't say, yo, you just, you just smoked a blunt laced with, uh, laced with a little bit of heroin in that shit. And you're like, what? Now you try to smoke a regular blunt, you can't get that high, you can't get that feeling no more. And um, so you you, you go chase, you go get the heroin. Like, all right, well, let me do the heroin by itself. Oh shit. Yeah, I mean, when you're getting high, of course you you getting high, you don't know you, what you it chase, is. You'll, you'll chase. I mean, you'll I've chase seen, whatever you'll chase. you whatever gave but you. But I mean, that I'm experience. saying a person who never just decided, never tried. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I, me as a person who smokes weed and only really, I mean, I, I've, I've done a couple things like mushrooms and shit before, but nothing that's never been. You know, what I mean, like I've never done anything past weed and mushrooms. I see niggas. I've only done Percocets when the doctor told me, oh, yeah, you're, you're fucked up. You need to take this pain. Bro, I see and niggas even sniff. then, I feel terrible on Percocets. I see niggas sniff so, coke or do coke as their girlfriend. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I can't... I, me as a person who smokes weed, I 
I don't see myself waking up like, mm, you know what? I smoke weed and I'm feeling good. You know what? Let me try some crack. See if it see if it feels the same oh. way. No, that's not. <laughs> that doesn't cross my mind. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Because there ain't nothing. I've already seen as a, from a childhood to growing up. I've seen what it what it does to people. You know what I mean? The characteristics that they bring. So it's like, nah, man. That's that's not that's not where I'm at with but it. That's, that's- but that's the but, thing. Niggas seen niggas, niggas seen that crack ever, and niggas is popping perks, right? Saying. But niggas even then, some people that I grew up with seen that crack era and seen it happen to people and still did the same thing. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just like I said, it's, everybody has a different environment, even with, even with their mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know. A person's inner demons to make them want to go that route you know what i mean and and the things that you have to deal with that that come along with that you know what i mean and and shit's heartbreaking on both ends because at the end of the day you you never really win in that situation even when they come even even if they get back to normal the time that was lost. Yeah. The energy that was lost. You know what I'm saying? The love that that was put on the strain, the trust, all of that shit balled up. You know what I'm saying? Like you, that's that's a L in itself. You having to rebuild a relationship all over again. You know what I'm saying? Like you've yeah. already taken that L. Whether whether it's a whether it's a lesson or a loss, you've taken that. Both. But but it's 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 a lot of pain and a and a lot of uh animosity that builds up between that and you know i mean them inner demons man they 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 fuck with you yeah i mean they make it hard for you to come back yeah and i think as we um as as we wrap that up i think the main thing is you just gotta be you gotta be there for your people you know what i'm saying and offer a helping hand when you can but also know when to back up and say you know what you got this I'm going to just give you your space and it's up to you to want to get better. Um, yeah. But I, I want to close just by saying, by asking both of y'all, what's your favorite uh, DMX verse or or moment of all time? My favorite DMX verse. Yeah, Kev, you can go first. Uh, Dre, don't wait till we get on and Dre put it on. Dre ain't here drinking with us. That's what it is. I'm not. Favorite DMX verse was um, or a moment. It's up to you guys. When it rains, niggas get wet, stay dry. Don't cross me. I can peep it. Oh, I can peep the snake eyes. Just lost me. Hit the shadow with the dark. (laughs) Oh, what'd he say? Hit you with the cannon. She this you see the shot. Uh, you see the light from the spark. Ah, I see. I can't remember. I'm fucking it up. Okay. I was. I was like, you got that, your phone. I got my phone. He said, you got your phone. Yeah, I know. But I'm trying to think of that shit. Let me. Let me look. That. But that's from. Um, that's from. Um, the joint used to be my dog. He was in my left mm-hmm. cheek. Ride or die. Thought you would die with me. Found out you would. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. Know? That was um uh, right. Niggas get right. Stay dry. Don't cross me. I can peep your snake guy. Just lost me. Hit the shadow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Turn around and turn around. See the light, but that's the shadow. Ah, from the spark. I can't remember that shit. That's from. But that's 
that was from what was that song called, man? Um, what was that shit called? That was from um, that's from the Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood album. Uh, I'm trying to think what the track was called though. Crazy. I'm looking at it right now because I had to look at it. Um, it's uh, it's not slipping. This uh, we don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck. That was a diss to Ja Rule. Dre over here singing the shit. That was a diss. That was a diss to Ja Rule. If anybody know that. He said it was a diss to Ja Rule. It was a diss to Ja Rule. That whole song was a diss to Ja Rule. The, the even one that if, which one called commented on earlier, Yeah, right? it used to be my dog. He was in my left titty. Screen right die, die. I thought you would die. die with me. Yeah. That was my shit. When it rains, niggas get wet stay dry. Don't cross me. I could peep the snake eye. You lost. You just lost me. Like the shadow in the dark. Fucked around. Fucked around. Forced me hit you from the shadow with the spark. Blew your shit apart. Now you two halves of one nigga. nigga. Too bad. Nigga. Dumb nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid as stupid does. Cock sucker. Eat round. Get you shot, sucker. Cock sucker. Yeah, but that was that was a diss to Ja Rule. A lot of niggas don't peep that. <laughs> that was a diss, cause Ja, cause remember when Ja came out, he's trying to sound like DMX. He did try to sound like DMX. DMX. Checked him on that shit though, didn't he? Yeah, but you remember job? Can I get a what? Can I get a fuck you? I'm like, who is yeah. this little? This nigga got the bandana tied up like X. He got the shirt off. Yeah, it was it was a little derivative. Like the nigga voices raspy like X. He ain't growling this shit. But that nigga, that nigga's trying to be dear. And that's when the air when you couldn't, all niggas couldn't bite. Like how all these niggas using that same drill beat. Like any nigga trying to sound like Pop Smoke. Like this shit is cool. Back then, you couldn't do that. You couldn't pull that shit off. Niggas, niggas would be like, nah, dog, fuck out of here. He's fake ass, biting ass nigga. Like, you would lose your, your whole career would be ended. I, ja Rule survived. That could have been a career in the move for him. Mm-hmm. It could have. Like, niggas ja- would like, I didn't really want to fuck they with Ja Rule. Friends, though. That, ja Rule got brought on by DMX. You know but what I'm saying? Friends, so it wasn't friends after that. It wasn't friends at that. That was a diss. He checked that nigga. Go ahead. Where's your yeah, favorite joint? My yeah. Dre know my shit five four three two one, you know what I'm saying? Got you out of the dark. Damn, when the sun man. is down, run it, clown, come up off that, or I'm gonna gun it down, run it yeah. down. How it's gonna go? It's gonna be that. See that? Finish the dog. Believe that. Where we at? Do you, Do you value your life as much as your possessions? Don't be a stupid nigga on the left side. I'm gonna get you either way, and it's better to give. Let me get what's in your sock. Then receive. Believe what I say. Wait, 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 wait. Can I rewind that? Can I rewind that? That nigga said. They're going to come back on. This ain't a flick. You ain't going to come back strong. You ain't that strong. It's strong. Dude, it's strong. That's what it is. He's a big nigga. Schematic for a baby. Use a big nigga. Schematic for a What? Yo, I didn't peep what he said until you said that. I didn't mean to stop you, but I was like, when you said it, I caught on. He said, let me get what's in your sock because it's it's better to give than receive. Believe what I say when I I tell you. you, Don't make me put you somewhere where nobody nobody can smell you. Because when when the lights out, they don't come back on. on. You won't come back on. You ain't that strong. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that nigga D was snapping, and Duh. that was you know <laughs> that shit. That was my shit. I felt that shit. Like, oh, okay, all right, D, so you talking to somebody specific too? They always talking to somebody specific and that shit. So, the like I'm listening to my favorite verse now. I thought one other verse was my favorite verse, but I'm listening to the niggas done started some. And that was my favorite verse. What from what? From niggas done started something. Don't come at me with no bullshit. Use caution, cause when I wet shit, I dead shit like abortions. I'm not gonna sing the whole verse, cause I'm not gonna pretend like I know it right now. If I'm in the car and I'm bumping it, I'll say the whole thing. But what I originally was going to go to was the um on the first on the first Rough Riders compilation album, um. Shit, what was the fuck was the song called? I was just listening to it. Um, but it's like it's rough riding, pretty much. The song is like rough riding with Eve, kiss all them like she all them niggas on there, drag on. Like I thought it was the last verse, but it was like, nah, that was my shit. But the verse on niggas done started something is my is my probably my favorite X verse of all time. And that ain't even fair because he has other verses that when I hear them. Then I go crazy and say from start to finish and like, no, this is my favorite verse. And I think the lesson is we don't have a favorite verse. We don't. <laughs> it's hard just, to pick them. I'm just, I'm just thinking about one X. Seven, eight, don't stay up late. Yes, that was my shit. It was everybody's shit, and that and that's the beauty of that man's career. For all of us, especially our age, is that yo, if he come out with anything, I'm going to listen. Especially nowadays, like I was going to listen regardless. And but that shit from back in the day will never get old, will always get played. And, and, and I want to say one last thing is that a lot of people, you know, especially on the Facebook community, say y'all niggas wasn't playing, not us, but y'all niggas wasn't playing X before all this shit, man. Y'all need to stop giving me the flowers. But we were talking about X and a couple, a, a bunch of times on this podcast before all this shit because that was our nigga. That exactly. was our lineage right yeah. there. Is Bro, yeah. Rough Riders, Rockefeller. I was, bumping, I was bumping X before he died. I just couldn't find nothing to listen to in my truck. I was like, I'm not. You know what? Let me just go yeah, to something that I know I can essentials for I sure. Need the time. I just need to pass the time. I got to bump this. Right. Like, and you groove. Damn. You groove, bro, and, and and you groove to someone talking about murdering people. Let me let me let me just. And I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep harping on this shit, right? He was killing. What was that song? Was it party up? When when you party into this, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Listen to the song, everyone. He's talking about murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> not partying you up. He loses mind up in here. He's not talking about <laughs> partying up. He's talking about murdering Excuse people. Hey, Excuse me. I like the beat. Fucking with thee. I'm going to lose my mind up, up in here. Tree. Like Kill shit. I'm a dog looking fine. Look it up. What's <laughs> that? Your worst nightmare, because I take it right there. Got niggas coming? Where they at? Right, right, right there. there. Yeah. Right there. Floating away. Dog. Like <laughs> I said. Any verse that was the that was a different song. That was a joke with Sheik. That's a different. I don't song. give a fuck about y'all niggas, cause y'all ain't killing nobody. 
Because y'all ain't killing nothing. nothing. <laughs> that was what? a party joint. That shit was getting played on the radio. I don't oh, care. Oh, it's crazy. About y'all. Come on, man. So I, I just want to say uh, rest in peace to DMX, man. And uh, like, you know, got some fans that will never stop playing your music, always been playing your music. And uh, yeah, we love them, man. We, we love them. And, and remember, to the people, before you go, and to the people out there battling addiction, man. Yeah, you know, exactly. And you know, somebody battling addiction, they're going through something, man. Try your best to help them if they, you know, if you can. If, like I said, but, you know, hopefully they come around and get away from it. And so, yeah, we pray for all of those who who have these inner demons and have to go through what they go through. You know what I'm saying? We hope that everybody can come out on the other side uh, blessed and less stressed. So thanks Word. again for uh, checking us out. We are hey, Dre. Go ahead, Dre. You know I take it out. here, so we'd be ready to ready. We look to left. I look to left. You look to right. <laughs> you. We like, oh. No one's there. <laughs> Dre's on remote right now. So, you know, you know, Dre's, Dre's not here today with us, but he's taking care of some personal yeah, business. Yeah. That's why we... Yeah. Yeah. So say your prayers for Dre and the family, you know what I'm saying? Show some love. You're taking care of the household as you should. Appreciate right. it, but... Um, appreciate the fact of course, man. I'm a niggas, man. I got to give it to you. This is an important topic. We got to tell people and talk about it, but... um. Once again, uh, we were the Opinionated Podcast, your favorite sex, love, and relationship podcast. And we were your hosts. I'm Cool Kev. I'm Dash. And I'm Big Dre. Y'all be safe, everybody. Peace. When the sun is up, the gun is up. Send some words of encouragement. Y'all stay focused. Y'all keep working hard. Believe in yourself. Prove everybody that doubts y'all wrong. Show up every day. Stay pure. Keep your heart pure. Stay motivated. Stay inspired. Show love to your people from Nepal, 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 Nepal.